0: the healing the city podcast is a ministry of the village church in tucson arizona if you enjoy the healing the city podcast and wish to support it financially you can go to villagersonline.com click the we give tab and follow the instructions thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast Alright, welcome to Healing the City Podcast with Pastor Eric and Pastor Michael. We are still missing Pastor Mark.
1: We know exactly where he is. We
0: know. We do know where he is, but he's not on the mic with us today. That's right. And we are just going to do a little bit of an Advent uh, conversation. Um, I'm also hoping to put together a page on our website that's sort of an Advent journey. So, like the sermon, this podcast, and then... The uh, actual song from Psalm 122 that I spoke on. Cool. So to, and maybe even some questions or whatever to help people think about it this week. So anyway, Sunday was the first day of Advent. Yes. And even though in my sermon I said Friday. Um, for some reason, uh, Lee has got me
1: confused. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Friday? Is Advent already started? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if you count, what, midnight yes 1201 1201 yeah exactly so uh yeah it first sunday of advent we lit a candle
0: yeah and so you you actually debuted something that i don't think we've done in a very very long time and maybe never is really walk through advent with the children Hmm. um sometimes we would light a candle but we really didn't go through the words and and talk about stuff and you had some interesting conversations with those kids. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if I heard back anything in particular other than like waiting to play ac- Xbox, hoping to play Xbox. Hoping to play Xbox because this past Sunday was the Sunday of hope. Right. Right. That was the closest they came to the definition of hope. Though. Right.
0: There was a lot of promotion of the destruction of the world. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> At least of the evening service. That's right. <laughs> 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 I have no idea why. Yeah, little Albert was very fixated on yes yeah. the the end of all things. Well, yeah. hey, maybe he's a prophet. It's just right. he, he's just practicing. It has something to do with Marvel superheroes or something. Probably the bad guys are trying to bring about the destruction of the world. And yeah, and, yeah, that, yeah,
0: that makes sense. That makes sense. So you came up with a definition of hope that I, I thought was pretty good for children.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. So maybe you could give it to us. Well, some. I said it's a positive attitude about something that might happen in the future. A
0: positive attitude about something that might happen
1: in the future. Right.
0: That's what hope is. Yes. So I guess then if you take it one more step and have a biblical hope or a
1: right. so Christian in hope. A, per- a Christian hope has more certainty about something that will happen in the future. Right. But it's very, very tightly connected to faith. Right. And in fact, the definition of faith in Hebrews includes the word hope. Right. The right. concept of hope in yeah. it. So they're tightly, tightly linked. Um, But what I was thinking about as we're going to work through these different candles of admin, there's, there's all these different positive attitudes, right? They're, they're sometimes called the Christian virtues. Right. And I was thinking about pulling them all together eventually as the attitudes that we put on while we're waiting. I like that. Like a pair of clothing. Yeah. Yeah, sure. We could do that. Yeah, or candles that we light. There are candles <laughs> yeah. that we light. <laughs> right, yeah. right. It's uh it's the attitudes that we're trying to have while we're waiting. So, a positive attitude. That's right. Say. They're all positive attitudes. So, we've got hope, faith, love, peace, right, joy. So, all all of these are Christian virtues and they're all attitudes. They're all somewhat emotional states. Right. Um, and we think of them as good. I, I think the whole world would recognize these as good things to have. Right. Um, and for us as Christians, they're fruits of the spirit or, right. or fruit, different aspects of the fruit, the, the fruit of, of the there. spirit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they are very tightly linked together. It's yeah. very hard to tease them apart and say one is one thing and one is the other thing right. as we just started talking about hope and how tightly connected it is it's to faith. faith. Right. But uh, that that is what we're kind of invited into by the history of the Advent practice of the church. Yeah. And the Advent practice is waiting for a coming of some kind. The waiting of a coming or arrival. Uh, So one of the
0: things in church history is that Lent, which is, what, is it the 50 days I can't remember how 40 many forty
1: days, days. Uh, minus Sundays. Yeah,
0: forty days minus sun- or yeah, uh, before Easter and in that there's a very strict fasting yeah. that you do, and it's observed usually all week, or you know you use those Sundays to celebrate and you fast the other six days. Right. From what I can gather from the bits that I have read about Advent, it was a looser fast, right? It was a, a fast that uh, is, eh, you know. It wasn't as enforced by the church through history, but it was something that happened on Fridays, it seemed. It was a Friday fast, and it was geared, like all fasting, it seems, in the church is geared towards a celebration. It is it is a taking away of, well, historically, it's always food. Fasting is always food. There's never a time when it's not food. Now, in our modern times, as good Protestants, we invent a lot of other things that you could fast. Um, but food is the thing that we're fasting. And it's leading to a feasting or a celebration of something. We're pointing towards something and we're um, developing a more... Uh, well, we're we're looking for some disruption in our life to point right. us towards Jesus or a more intense relationship with him or experience of him. So for the village, we're inviting people to fast and partly because... As we've been going over Richard Foster's book, one of the things that struck me in studying fasting again is just how common it is in the early church. They're so just always fasting. Yeah. And it's not like, I think, I always think of fasting as something of like, oh my goodness, I've got to go on this long fast. It's just like, oh, we're, we're going to skip this meal and seek God's, you know, guidance. It's a, it's a sort of a, that's just a natural thing we do um, in it's in a sense, it's placing the seeking of God over whatever we're doing in this moment,
1: and um, that's good, yeah. And that fits into Advent and yeah. and Lent. But I think what we're, we're right now talking about out of Advent, it yeah. fits into Advent really well, yeah.
0: So, one of the things that our Pilgrim group because you and I are you're my Pilgrim group leader, which is uh, you don't know how cool that is, uh, that I could say I have a Pilgrim group leader because I don't know if that's ever happened before. <laughs> In 20-some odd years, I don't think I've had a Pilgrim Group leader. So, I've been the Pilgrim Group leader of one of them. So, we are doing this thing, I guess, on Fridays, where I uh, pull up the Zoom and we go on and pray for 10 minutes and remind each other of what we're fasting on Friday. That that we're fasting that and, what, we, yeah, <laughs> yes, and what we're that fasting. That we're fasting. <laughs> pray for each other real quick and head off on our day. Um, so, I'm personally fasting, uh, social media, I'm going to take Instagram and Facebook and anything that I might check off my phone because it, it, you know, it's, there's sort of like, you know, when you have free time, there's this sort of this compulsive thing. And sometimes it's information. I'm just looking for information. Maybe it's even information for my job here at the church, but it's still just this compulsion Right. And I and I know it will disrupt me because there are times when I can't find my phone and I'm free time and I'm like, Where's my phone? Where's my phone? Where's, I gotta find my phone before I can engage in whatever and that like, yeah, I, I I'm gonna need to I'll be disrupted enough to like begin to have a conversation with God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I really like that Foster says in the Celebration of Discipline, the chapter on fasting, he says fasting more than anything else reveals what controls you. Yes. And so hey, it's being revealed. It's being revealed even in those moments where you can't yet find your phone. Yeah. Right? You kind of like <laughs> yes. from your own neg- negligence or forgetfulness right. or whatever, right. right? You're 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 thrust into fasting right there. Right, right there you're fasting, right? Yeah. You're being you realize you're controlled. If you're paying attention. Yeah. Rather than just in the compulsion itself, and so we're going to somewhat artificially do that on purpose, right <laughs> right like, yeah
0: no I think and
1: yeah. and part of the theme and sort of what we're doing for Advent is
0: this idea taken kind of from the Psalms of ascent um, about we're on a journey and and advent is a reorienting of us, and we're going to go on a journey to praise God together and to worship Jesus and to re kind of orient ourselves around what happened two thousand years ago and to really bolster our hope towards what will happen in Jesus's return. Like how that gives us a sense of purpose and direction and hope. So, uh, we're on this sort of journey. So there was a conversation about like what you put in your backpack on this journey. And part of fasting is, I think in a sense, an opportunity for you to reflect on the things that have kept you from, from God's people and and from God himself. Like, I think that's really where I want to focus on my, fridays is like okay god like what is it that has kept where am i avoiding you where am i avoiding people in our community that would invite me to be with you you know kind of what's what's going on there
1: yeah there's a couple different metaphors one is the backpacking trip preparation what, yes. are, you, what are you carrying in your backpack yes. so you can think of it as like the pre-trip planning the pre-trip where you planning. You've strewn everything all over the house yes right and you're looking it over or the people yes, that who at your house, house <laughs> who, backpack. who backpack and yep. take up all the space in the house yes. everywhere mm-hmm. with everything they're considering putting in their backpack and consider each one thing individually, yeah. whether they're going to take it or not. And why, um, is it justified given the weight that it's going to put on them? Yeah. And so there's, there's that there's also the like, well, okay, now you're on the trail. You wish you wouldn't have brought this thing. Yeah. Now you're like, do I really want to hold on to it enough to get it back home? Right. Or should I just chuck it right. <laughs> off the side of the trail? Right. <laughs> or put it down here and maybe I'll grab it on the way back if it still hasn't been carried off by raccoons or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> Beware
0: of the spiritual raccoon. <laughs> yeah, and so some of those ideas of the things that were essential to your backpack we talked about just from Psalm 122, is just community and the use of your imagination and obedience and prayer, sort of these four things that you're going to work through and you can see them in psalm 122 um and that psalm is the beginning of israel's trip up to jerusalem usually to do passover and and other festivals
1: so those are the essential items yeah that's your that's your water right your little amount of food yeah your ground pad yeah right this is this all is coming from our uh
0: a uh, boy scout right exactly I'm, scout yeah I'm, I'm i'm very
1: familiar with the whole <laughs> like what can you get away with having versus not having right and right. yeah you're gonna be very sore if you don't have a ground pad sometimes a year you can get away with not even have a sleeping bag but you better have a ground pad have a ground pad otherwise your hips are gonna be so <laughs> sore yeah yeah so what what are you uh, fasting uh on fridays i am doing something very similar i'm going to intentionally include youtube okay um, I mean, it might already be included in the social media since it is. A yeah, no, social I'm, media including kind of social, I'm including YouTube too. But the two ones that I tend to go to a lot are YouTube and Twitter. So those things I'm I'm definitely cutting out. Yeah. It wouldn't be too much of a stretch to also cut out Facebook, but that's less compulsive to me at the moment. Right. However, if I don't cut it out, it may be the thing it I turn more. to <laughs> so instead.
0: The one, The only probably one difference between you and I is, even if I, if I get rid of YouTube and, you know, Instagram and Facebook, I will never turn to Twitter. Good.
1: <laughs> Twitter, better, you are better off. I don't understand it. <laughs> those, <laughs> so are like the, I, those are the encyclopedias you do not need. I tried that. In your backpack. Addiction, but it just wouldn't work
0: <laughs> for me. So, yeah. All right. So, t- yeah. But Facebook, maybe not. Or Instagram, for sure, is probably not a big deal. It's not I've, a temptation yeah, to you at all. No. So.
1: And my, my wife constantly sends me cute animal videos that i must watch you must watch animal videos um so i will watch what my wife continues to send me as mm. cute animal videos i'm not going to cut those out but i'm also not ever right. very tempted to go seek yeah. out more of them yeah
0: yeah so when the, when you do this kind of fasting um because I, I know you've done it before with social media yeah i do it almost every lent so what's your experience in in engagement with god in that is it a difficult thing like the, or
1: Does it it take some time to get into? It does, because I I, I very much have that same experience where you're looking for your phone because you're in the compulsion. Right. So I definitely feel that. And then I catch myself feeling it because I'm like, whoa, wow. I'm really controlled by this. Yeah. Um, Eventually, though, by the end of Lent, I feel a lot better. Mm. I've kind of like, people talk about this, they use the phrase detoxing, right? Right, right. You have this experience of, this toxic behavior, this kind of like, um, what would you call it? It's like a process addiction. Yeah. Right. It's this, it's this thing you're always turning to. Every time I feel bored, I have extra time. That's yeah. what I'm going towards. Right. Yeah. I, I'm, I have this compulsion to alleviate my boredom. Yeah. Right. I must not, I'm entitled to, to never feel bored. Right. Yeah. So I have this belief that's floating around. And so this practice attacks that yeah. it says, no, actually you're allowed to be bored. Good things happen when you're unoccupied. Yeah. Like you can pray, you can think about other people, you can plan out what you need to do next. Yeah. You can reflect on just what's happened. You can offer up thanks to God. I mean, there's so many different ways you can be interacting with God and being um, reflective and preparing. Yeah. When you're not filling your time with all of the things that your phone gives you. And then I, so then I, at that end of Lent, I'll go back to it eventually. Um, But sometimes I'll not do it even past Lent because it feels better not to. And then I'm usually much more temperate. Like I'm not as compulsive. Right. For a good long time after that practice. Um, I mean, there's an argument to be made that I should just cut it out altogether and maybe I'll eventually come to that place. But what I've noticed is that after a practice of fasting, I am better um, things are in proper perspective and um not as com- not as addicted
0: yeah no i think it, it is a resetting of you mm-hmm. yeah and i think for me it, it really helps me own my volition so mm-hmm. when i feel that discomfort like there's some it, it, it begins to sh- kind of point out the existential angst that i live in that i'm trying to avoid yeah basically. desperately trying
1: to avoid yeah, yeah
0: there's that and and also, then the choice that I have to be in relationship with God, right? And, and and I can then sometimes even in the fasting make a choice. Okay, no, I'm not going to do that, right? But at least I'm owning it. Whereas with the 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 phone, I'm not even owning the choice. I'm just like, ah, ah,
1: oh, well, that's a good right. article. I want to read that, or I, well, I'm going to listen to that lecture. Yeah, it goes straight from discomfort to uh, relief. Yeah, and it's- without without any pause. Right. And so fasting will force you to feel that discomfort. Right. And Because you're forcing yourself to pause and you have then the opportunity to make the choices.
0: Yeah. And I think one of the things that, you know, social media, maybe versus food, and particularly in this area of life, is that, uh, or, or this time of life, is that there's such a, a dopamine serotonin surge built on our social media that when you decide to fast it, you are going to to feel a deprivation of these two feel good um, um you know uptake inhibitors or whatever they're called or, uh, yeah and so you're gonna
1: yeah pleasurable brain chemicals yes. right yeah that, mean, that's better and we are constantly being hacked and harvested hacked for, and harvested <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> for sure that's the title to our podcast i mean <laughs> and harvest I mean, we really are being targeted sure. by these yeah. far various companies. They know yeah. exactly what they're yeah. doing and they are, um, turning the wrenches ever tighter always. Yeah. And, uh, so it may be that, that we kind of were like making fun of ourselves that in this modern world, oh, we don't fast food anymore. Um, but I think food was one of the only ways you could have this kind of pleasure cycle yes. in the ancient world. And now there are so many other ways that we get trapped in these various pleasure cycles in the modern world. Yeah. So man, taking on board any one of those for you this Advent season would be a good thing. Yeah, I think so. And I think we had a conversation, I remember, we're talking about which of the idolatry gods Right in your pantheon of idols, right? Are this you is our tackle? this was our, uh, right. our potent group conversation, right? I I said I'm I, I think I'm attacking my Zeus. Uh, that mean uh, he may be Poseidon. We'll see. Um,
0: <laughs> How much power? I, I yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but I encourage you to start wherever. What was it? Matt said well, maybe I'll go after the goddess of the hearth, you right? Some like minor, <laughs> right? Minor god of the pantheon, right? Uh, just pick one and try it out.
0: Yeah, and I think that's. Oddly enough, a good way of thinking about it that these things in your life are pagan Greek gods, and they they rule. There's some ruling that happens. And yeah, they're powers, their yeah, principalities. They are, and so um, you're in that conflict. And I think one of the things that, and I just as a preview to Susan's sermon in out of Psalm seventy-two, is that we're making the shift. The first signpost is going to be the kingship of of Jesus. And that's what the, the submission that we're called into to him being the only one that rules us. Purple candles. Yes, the purple candles, the, the royal. Yeah. yeah, and I think that that's that's something we to wrestle with because you know submission is definitely not something
1: we like. No, at any level. No, we want we want to be on the throne. We're yeah. the kings. Yes, yeah. and So I think
0: I think Advent confronts that.
1: Right. Right. But it's healthy to recognize that we're not even the kings of our own lives the way yeah. we lead them yeah. as it stands. Yeah. <laughs> right? So even though uh, we don't like the idea of anything ruling us, we're, we are currently ruled by our addictions, our compulsions, our right. little pleasure cycles. Yeah. So we might as well be submitted to Jesus because he has our best interests, our heart, and he's not just trying to milk our time and attention and money.
0: Right. Right.
1: He really deeply cares for us.
0: Um, Yeah. Well, Michael, thanks for for this. I don't think we... I don't have any more things to
1: say. Do you have any more you want to add to this? Uh, So just on the practicalities of fasting, pick pick something that you think you have some kind of addictive relationship to um, that you're trapped in some kind of pleasure cycle about. That could be a big thing. It could be a really small thing. And try not to do it at all on Fridays until Christmas.
0: That's that's awesome.
1: And uh, instead... Pray.
0: Yeah, let's dead pray. Pray for the peace of your family and your city and your community and yourself. And yourself, yeah. Thanks, Michael. That's very wise. All right. Well, if you have any questions for Healing the City, you can send them to healingthecity at gmail.com. Thanks.